Introducing the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. With 25 million copies in print, learn how the Don't Sweat Wisdom can help you achieve greater mental health and better communication with your family, friends, and coworkers from a beloved teacher. Rediscover your passion, joy, and self-compassion to awaken your most vibrant life. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. All right, so let's go ahead and take our golden pause. Wherever you are, just sit comfortably in your chair. And if you're sitting on the floor, just sit cross-legged with your hands open on your lap, but sitting upright with your shoulders back. And if you're driving, of course, pay attention to the road and just use this as a breathing exercise to presence you in your body. All right, so let's go ahead and begin by taking some deep breaths together. Breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand. Taking in the maximum amount of oxygen. And as you exhale, let go and let a sigh go with you. Just let your whole body relax as you completely exhale. And this time as you breathe in, breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, all the way to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and toes, to your nose. And just exhale and let go. Relax even deeper. This time as you breathe in, breathe in love. Pure, pink, yummy love all through your body. Fill your heart with love. Fill your core with love. Breathing in love. And as you exhale deeply, let go of any fear. Go of any anticipation. Let go of what doesn't serve you any longer. And this time as you breathe in, Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and just spend a moment pausing in gratitude, being grateful for something someone said to you, a place you've recently been, or just simply for being right here, right now. And as you breathe in that gratitude, if it feels right for you, let a smile come across your face. Just feeling the fullness of that gratitude. Exhaling and letting go. Let's go ahead and take one more deep breath in. And go ahead and open your eyes. Well, I'm so excited because we get to talk about one of my favorite topics today, which is creativity and inspiration and how do we get more of it and how do we stay motivated and all of those things. And we have a wonderful guest uh, originally from Chicago, Samantha Bennett, Sam to me, is a writer, speaker, actor, teacher, and creativity productivity specialist and the author of the best-selling Get It Done, From Procrastination to Creative Genius in 15 Minutes a Day. Gotta love that. She is the creator of the www.theorganizedartistcompany.com. 
dedicated to helping creative people get unstuck, especially by helping them focus and move forward on their goals. Now based in a tiny beach town outside of Los Angeles, California, Sam offers workshops, keynotes, and private consulting. She also makes a heck of a roasted chicken. Ooh, I haven't tried that yet, but I'm ready. <laughs> Her latest book is Start Right Where You Are, How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference for Overwhelmed Procrastinators, Frustrated Overachievers, and Recovering Perfectionists. Available for pre-order now, and the release date is November 15th from New World Library. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Can't wait to dive into this topic with you. Oh, Chris, thank you so much for having me on on, on this podcast and, and sharing me with your community. I love you so much. Oh, I know. You are just a wonderful, wonderful person, and you have so many wonderful programs that you offer people. And now this latest book. And it sure didn't seem like you procrastinated very long in writing it. It sure came out fast. <laughs> it, it did. It did. I got to say, we made the deal for this book in December of of last year. And so like 10 months later, the book is written, done, and like in bookstores. That's amazing. So that yeah. means that you must have started writing it. How many months did it take you to write it? I took about... Let's see, um, two or three months. Well, and this is the way it goes when it's something that you already have been teaching and eating and breathing. And, you know, this is what you really teach people, right? This is like one of your key messages in your workshops and everything else you do, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's also, I was helped, the format of the book, like it's a ton of really super short chapters. I love those. Of course, that's what the Don't Sweat series was built on. So we right. love short chapters, don't we, everybody? Yay, short <laughs> chapters. It's, I mean, it's just a lot, it's a lot easier to write. It's a lot easier to read. Yes. And, um, you know, so I was, I was helped, I was supported by the structure of the book itself. Well, let's talk about for a moment, you know, because I think, you know, for example, a book, is a great example of a creative project that becomes completely overwhelming to people because it seems like such a daunting task. But so let's, you know, and, and that's a, that's an area that I know really well that I also, um, you know, know how to tap into inspiration really well, but let's talk about that kind of project and how people can overcome on a daily basis, their procrastination. Let's talk about what, what are the top key, tips that you have in your book that you'd like to offer the listeners today about how to get started. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my favorite ways is a little, um, a little unusual, but it, it's especially effective if what is keeping you stuck is emotional, mm. you know, like, or that feeling of, you know, insecurity or who do I think I am? Or, um, but also those feelings of overwhelm or where can I find the time? Like when you suspect that it's not just a logistical problem that's keeping you stuck. Yeah. The emotional things I think are the hardest ones, right? Cause we don't yeah. really often see or know what they are, but they just show up. Exactly. Exactly. So what I suggest is to make some five minute art about it. Hmm. Make some five minute art about that feeling of nobody's going to care what I have to say or, what if I fail or my third grade teacher told me I wasn't any good or whatever it is that's, you know, and, and whether that means that you draw, make a doodle, you know, make a drawing or you make up a little song or you do a little dance or you get out some sculpey clay, like, but just let that feeling take shape, like get it outside of you so that you can look at it a little bit. Mm. And it's amazing how effective it is. It's really funny 
I think partly because, you know, when things are inside of our head, they feel really real. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Do. Especially when they sound really logical. You know, like, well, you can't make a career in the arts. You've got to have something practical to fall back on. Like, that sounds really real. Yeah. And, 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 and you're right. We always forget that we are making up this stuff in our heads. Like, we, we're, the, we're the author of it. But we forget that, don't we? Exactly. And your brain can't tell the difference between real and imaginary. Yeah. Right? That's why horror movies work. It's because, yeah. you know, we, we're willing to say, oh, that's real. So, but when you get it on paper, you get it outside of yourself a little bit. It, you get, first of all, feelings just want to be felt. Mm-hmm. Feelings just want to be felt. So you can, like, get some energy and some openness around the feeling and and some flow. And, and once that energy is released, it can turn into something else. But also it gives you a different perspective on it. I was at a teaching one of my three-day events one time, and this woman raised her hand, and she's like, um, Sam, I hear you say this makes some five-minute art thing. She goes, and I don't really know what you mean. <laughs> and I said, right, good, excellent, thank you. Um, if you were to make up a little song right now about how it feels to not know what I mean, how would that go? And she goes, um... I don't get it. 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 <laughs> you sound crazy. Goes, you sound crazy. Oh, you sound get crazy. It. <laughs> and she just fell out. And we all, the whole room fell out. It was so funny and so charming. And like it gave us all a whole different way to interact with that feeling with her. So do you think that it, that does a couple things? It makes it, it makes it real. It also takes it out from the place inside you that, that, you know, really does feel stuck when you're, when you're not really able to evaluate or process. It helps you process your feeling. Exactly. And exactly. yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. A lot of times what happens for me is I have to move or like I have to go for a walk or clear my head or I have to remember when I wrote my Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Moms book, I had to make a list of all the reasons why I was a lousy mom in order to move through the fear I had to write for moms because it felt like such a huge responsibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I had a client just write me the other day. She had done a drawing of sort of her inner critic, of the voice of her inner critic. And she goes, okay, great, now I have this drawing, but now now what do I do? And Talk well, to her. You can interact <laughs> with. You know, you can ask her questions or have a little, you know, do a little right hand, left hand Q and A with her, or, um, you know, find out what she wants. You know, rather than letting these voices just bully us inside of our head, you can start to engage with them in a slightly different way. Um, so, and it doesn't have to be good art. You can throw it away immediately. You don't have to show it to anybody. Like that's cool. It's, that's yeah, a great it's idea. not about. I like that. It's not about being a great artist. It's just about getting those feelings out. So do you think um, another reason why people procrastinate and really kind of get stuck is because in getting started, they don't know where they're really going? Oh, for sure. And and I think Sometimes. worse than that, I think the idea that you don't know where you're, like, using that as a reason to stop. Because, you yeah. know, school tells us that we're supposed to know the answers in advance. Right. We're supposed to know the answers in advance. We're, supposed, we're even supposed to know the questions in advance. And a lot of times creativity is exactly just that. You you might have an idea where you're going, but the, the whole process of being open to being creative is actually allowing it to evolve and change, right? Exactly. So you get into what I call the sparkly breadcrumb stage. Uh-huh. You know, where you just start following what seems interesting, what feels good, what, what has some juice to it. 
um, and really trying to notice, you know, where, where's the sparkly bits and, um, and follow those into the forest because there isn't a right way. There isn't a right way. There isn't a right way to be a writer. There isn't a right way to be a mom. There isn't a right way to be a friend or a partner or a person or a successful business person. You just, there's only your way. Yeah, and I think, isn't that like the perfectionist in all of us wants to say there's a right and perfect way? And really, that's so much about what has to get undone in order to get started on anything is letting go of your perfectionist, isn't it? It's just pure ego. Yeah. And the part of us that's, you know, and again, coming back to that emotionality part, sometimes it's the part of us, you know, that wants to be approved of, that wants to have, you know, daddy come home and sweep us up in his arms and call us his little princess. You know, like, yeah. If I do it perfect, maybe someone will love me. It's like, but that's a child's way of thinking. And we're not children anymore. We're grownups. We can do this differently. Wow. And, and, and so like, what, who do you think this book, like, like how, what do you think the age range of this book is? Cause to the, me, this book seems like it would be any age range. Like anybody who's seems like this would be a great book to have in the classrooms for teenagers to read, you know, because that's like such a huge thing for is time management is just huge for people to learn. Isn't it? Huge, huge. And, and I have, I have people of all ages in, in my classes and courses and there's some stuff I mean, I had this, I had, I, before I got this book published, I had some friends of mine read it. And, you know, Christine, you and I hang out with like people who like self-help is their lives. Like we are in the world of personal development. Like right. we spend all day, every day thinking about how can we help people feel more fulfilled? How can we help them bring their soul's work to the world? Um, and even some of those friends of mine who've read everything were like, wow, there's some really new ideas in this book, which I didn't realize I didn't set out to write new ideas um, but you're so creative that you just <laughs> did <laughs> and they're not I think mostly they're not really new ideas I think I might just be saying them in a slightly different way of course but, in your but way you're talking about teen- that way yeah, exactly. Um, I've, but never teenagers. The, I've never used the term sprinkly breadcrumbs ever. Sprinkly breadcrumbs, yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. I love that. Part. I love that metaphor. That's how you That's how you get into the forest, is you follow the sparkly breadcrumbs. <laughs> the sparkly um, breadcrumbs. That's right. And then you meet the elf who will help you. And the, you, know, you meet awesome. all the little fairies along the way. That's right. That's how the magic happens. But one of the other things that I think, as you're saying, teenagers, that I think might be helpful for them. There's a thing in the book that I talk about. Um, it's a little sort of mantra I use all the time, which is nothing bad is happening. Mm. Nothing bad is happening. That's a great reminder, you know, like for all ages, because it's like a lot of times when we're in that emotionally stuck feeling, it feels like a nightmare and it feels like something terrible is happening because we just feel trapped and, it's all, but it's it's really important to remember it's all happening inside of us. It's That's just happening right. inside. That's and, it. And everything that looks like a mistake or a problem is genuinely an, a blessing and an opportunity. And I don't say that in like this sort of like, blink, 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 just wish and it'll be better. Like, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> I mean that genuinely every time something looks like it's going sideways, it's because there's an invitation there for you. There's something opening up. There's something different that's happening. And if you can get out of the idea that you are somehow being persecuted or that things aren't going well, and instead calm yourself down, nothing bad is happening. Do some of your breathing, right? Take a golden pause and really look for what is great. What is lovely? What is human? What is 
warm and, and emotional or, or um, you know, where's, where's the, the moment in this moment for you to grow and become a better person? Yeah, that's beautiful. How, how much does stillness play a role in creativity? I am a big fan of stillness. Me I'm a, too. Stillness, <laughs> I'm a big fan of spacing out. Me too. And I, one of the other things I say, because, you know, I hear this word overwhelmed all the time. Yeah. And I talk about it a lot in the book because, and I think there's a lot of different ways to be overwhelmed or reasons one would feel overwhelmed. I think we use that, that word has become too big. Like it means too many things now. So I think we need to get a little more precise about like, in what way are you overwhelmed? Um, but one way I know people are overwhelmed and the, the solution is very simple. Get your cell phone out of the bedroom. Mm. Give yourself back the moment of waking up. Mm. That moment when you, before you, just before you open your eyes, you're just coming to consciousness and you're not anybody, right? You're, you're not anybody's boss. You're not anybody's mom. You're not anybody's partner. You're just that you that you've been all this time. And you're still sort of half in dream reality. Like that's an incredibly beautiful moment and especially important for the creative person, but for everyone, you know, even people who don't self-define, I think everyone's a creative genius, but even if you don't self-define as creative, um, you know, stretch and doze and cuddle this thing of like, I'm not even, my eyes aren't even open and I'm looking at my phone and then of course you feel overwhelmed. The email and the internet and the social media and the news and blah, 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 blah. Like that is not good for your mind. <laughs> it's not a great way to start your day. That's for sure. <laughs> not a great way to start your day. Like get, there's nothing happening out there that cannot wait for two minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes while you breathe and stretch and just soak in those first couple of moments of the morning. Like... Really give yourself back that moment of waking up. That's beautiful. I love that. We always say how you start your day is how you live your day, you know? So mm -hmm. if you want to start in peacefulness, that's a great way to do it. Just, you know, wake up very slowly, allowing yourself. I love how you say that, that peaceful moment of just being you, you being you, nothing more. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, and, and it's a beautiful, that liminal time, like your, your brain is, you know, your editorial brain isn't all the way woken up and. So you can sometimes make really crazy connections or have really great ideas. Like mm -hmm. it's fun that time. Yeah, that's that's one of my most creative times too. Although I must say my writer's voice often wakes me up. And especially if I'm like deep dive into a project or deep dive into a book that I'm working on. It's just it's it's that's what wakes me up. I'm like, oh, Eat there it you? is. 4 a.m. <laughs> there she is, going, going, going. Ready 4 a.m. Go. It's the magic yep. time. I love to write at four. It's my favorite time. Me too. In fact, a lot of times I'll wake up at 2.18 and mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, and then I'm like, I'm waiting till 4 a.m. till I let myself get up. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm just like trying to go back to sleep till 4 a.m. till I can get up. And then yeah. I'm so happy when it's 4 a.m. I'm like, oh, good. It's time to get up now. Yeah. No, I figure she, whatever she wants to wake me up, I wake up and and I love it. It's one of the beautiful things about being self-employed is I can wake up at two or at four and write for a couple hours and then go back to bed and wake up again at 11 and, you know, get to work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is, and that is part of knowing your creativity too, is know, knowing when your creative flow happens for you. Don't you agree? 
Absolutely. Again, getting away from this idea that there's a right way and really leaning into what your natural creative rhythms are. You know, what, what works for you? Some people love to just work, you know, bury themselves in a project and go full steam ahead until it's done. For other people, like a little 15 minute a day, steady steps is good. You know, we all have those times of tremendous sort of output and productivity. And then there's, you know, some quieter times, some some time to let yourself restore and re regenerate. You know, and I, I mean, even if you, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like being creative and tapping into inspiration is one of the most spiritual practices on a daily basis that we can do that we're like somehow tuned into like some sort of flow and some sort of wisdom and, you know, something that is, it's, it's almost like for me, it feels like I'm just so tapped into source and it's, and it's, it's like a flavor that's my own kind of color, you know, like yeah. it comes through me, not, not because it's me, but just because I'm open. And you want to talk about how the, you've experienced that a little bit, because that's, I definitely experience myself as an instrument of creativity. That's how I experience myself. It's exactly right. I, I often, you know, we are the hands and feet of God, right? You know, the, 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 the action of life is, is the action of creativity, of creation. And I talk about it in the book of this idea of the net, you know, that we're all, if you sort of imagine your own core of energy and it's sort of beaming out and maybe like it's a bunch of spokes of light, like you're a dandelion, you know, like there's all these spokes sort of coming out from you. Yeah. And then everything else has spokes as well. And you can see that they all interconnect and you can, you can pull on it, you can lean on it, you can lean back into it, and you see the interconnectedness of all things. And we are, and it is, it's the Alpha and Omega. Nothing is ever lost, it's just changed. We stay as part of this net, and it keeps us all connected. And you're right, this illusion that, that we're us. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, when you think of it as a net, you can really see how God is the ocean and we are the wave, you know? And all things are, are possible. And the more you stay connected, keep your awareness on the net. I mean, you can't be disconnected from it. People say, oh, you know, I feel like God abandoned me or I feel distant from God. It's like, oh, sweetheart, that was you. That's you doing that. Yeah, that's just your ego separating you temporarily. Or buying into the illusion of separation. Right. Like you can't be separate from it. You just can't any more than you can be separate from oxygen. Like you exactly. can't be, it's part of you. It's who you are. It's what's making you happen it's what makes the flowers happen and what makes everything happen um and the more you can bring your awareness to that and and really feel the strength of that it also cuts right through some of that the rest of those ego problems of like who do i think i am like if you imagine your dandelion spokes and that huge net you can see you can't take too much from it and no matter how brightly you shine, you can't overwhelm it. You know, you yeah. the net is so much more powerful than you are. So it's just your job to show up and, yes, be a conduit, be a vessel, humble yourself to the work, do the best you can, and and do it while you're here to do it. Right. That's so true. Being dead is really bad for creativity on the earth. <laughs> it's a drag, it right? It's so right. much harder to get stuff done when you're dead. Yeah, it's really, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Richard, he has, he still finds his way to channel like through me a lot of times, but it's a lot harder that way. <laughs> but 
busy dude. Richard visits me for crying out loud. <laughs> I know. I think he visits lots of people. He 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 likes the whole creative process for sure. No, that that's that's not that's funny. But I you know I I just um I just can't help but feel how helpful your book is going to be for people just to get out of their own way. You know, just to. Mm-hmm give them ideas to just small changes that make a huge difference and just being able to get out of your own way and get started on, you know, what could be your legacy work? What could be a project that leads to something, you know, that's of true expression and true value um, for yourself. And I, I love this, Sam, do you have any parting wisdom that you'd like to share? Thank you. Um, You know, the one thing I do want to, Think about it is, you know, we you hear a lot of talk about self-care and sometimes that shows up in magazines is like, get a manicure, a pedicure, which right. you know, fine, do, sure, do that. But that's not really we've got this thing of like, oh, it's selfish. It would be selfish of me to take time for myself. It would be selfish for me to spend half an hour in prayer and meditation. It would be selfish of me to spend time on my projects or write my book or go to exercise class or whatever it is that turns you on, you know, that you know when you do it, you're all filled up and lit up. And here's the thing is it's op- that's the opposite of selfish. Selfish is you walking around exhausted, underfed, underslept, depleted, and with no sense of humor. And the rest of us have to deal with you when you're like that. <laughs> that's selfish. That's so true. <laughs> right? When you show up rested and fed and cuddled and meditated and creatively fulfilled, like we're getting the best of you. And you're present. You're, we look in your eyes and you're there and you're listening and you have great ideas and you have a sense of humor. And like, it's so much more wonderful. So really stop thinking that you taking that time, you know, in the morning or whenever you have it um, to do the stuff that's really important to you. It's not selfish. It's the opposite of selfish. And we need your best self. We need your best work. And don't you think like if somebody, let's say somebody is struggling with a little depression and they, they know they're a creative person, but they can't quite get to that place of oomph. Don't you think self-care in the body is the best place to start? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've struggled with depression my whole life. Um, and God bless medication. (laughs) God bless prayer and God bless, you know, depression is a global disease, right? It, It affects you spiritually and physically and chemically and, you know, nutritionally, it's, it's everything. So it sort of needs a multi-pronged approach. Um, but you taking a big stick and beating yourself up is proven to not help depression. Yeah, no, that's a surefire way to shut down all creativity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But making some art about your depression can really help Mm -hmm. and definitely resting, eating properly, getting some touch like letting getting you know getting cuddled getting a massage getting a hug physical contact having a an animal friend be near you yeah it's just yeah. like it just even if it means going through the motions to get to the next level like you just go through the motions until you feel the I remember when I was in deep grief in the beginning it wasn't depression it was grief but I remember just knowing intuitively that I had to go through the motions of life and that somehow, some way, I would re-engage myself in that, in in more than that. When I would just, you know, at some point when I was ready or whatever. But but I, I suspect that's what people have to do in depression too. Is just go through the motions and take care of yourself and 
knowing that as you do so, every step that you take in self-care is probably going to open up that vessel of creativity more and more and more. And soon you won't feel as depressed anymore. And soon you might not feel depressed at all anymore. It's true. It's true. And just um, oh, just since this came up, um, I actually have what's called atypical depression, which is contrary to its name, very typical. It's very common. But it's not the like lay on the couch and cry for six weeks kind of depression. It's It means when I'm up and out with people, I seem fine. And it can be even lonelier because everyone thinks you're fine, right? But you have that feeling of being sort of inside a glass bubble almost, you know, like um, just it's going to be very, very lonely. And then when you're alone, everything kind of comes crashing down. So I just want to say to everybody out there, if, if, if your depression doesn't look like the way they sometimes make depression look in the movies or something, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you don't have something that needs treating. Yeah, and I think super creative people also can really struggle because they're also very sensitive emotionally too. Well, and, exactly the yeah. thing, and and that's exactly it. The the thing that makes you sensitive, the thing that makes you a great artist, makes you sensitive, which yeah. makes you feel things more deeply. Um, yeah, and there is some weird balance there of like on the one hand, you really just have to, you know, woman up and push, mm-hmm. you know, make it happen, show up and suit up and make it happen. And you also have to surrender and be incredibly gentle mm-hmm. and loving with yourself. It's very it's, self-compassionate. Yeah, it's it's a creative dichotomy. You need it, it, both things are equally true at the same time, even though they seem like they oppose each other. Yeah, you have to fight it with everything you got, and you've got to surrender with everything you got. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I get that, and I I just I really like want to address that because this is going to come into a time of year. You know, when when November, December roll around, a lot of people, you know, we think of some people think of the holidays as like the best time ever. And then other people go, oh, my God, not again. It's torture. Make it stop. Make it stop. Really? And, you know, and I just I just thought that would be a really nice tie in to this this creativity piece and getting started, you know, that you're right around the corner from January, you can gear up and, you know, just, you know, do everything you can to take care of yourself, be gentle with yourself through this time period, and definitely go out and get Sam Bennett's book. And it rem- I'm just going to remind you again that um, you can find it on Amazon. It's called Start Right Where You Are, How Little Changes can make a big difference for overwhelmed procrastinators, frustrated overachievers, and recovering perfectionists. That pretty much envelopes everyone, I think. <laughs> I think everyone is all of that at different times. And so, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. What a, what a fun person you are. What an amazing book that you've written again. And thank you again. And so wonderful to talk to you, honey. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. And Chris, thank you so much for being such a beautiful beam of sunlight in the world. Ah, you're welcome. Love you, Sam. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Chris invites you to join her for the brand new What Now program, a six-week offering carefully designed to take you on your own unique journey through life-altering transition and lead you to self-discovery. 
and your most vibrant life. Receive access to powerful audio teachings, an in-depth workbook, and deeply valuable insights on passion and joy from a beloved teacher. Visit ChristineCarlson.com to learn more about how you can be part of the What Now program.